You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, good morning, everybody. A special Friday morning edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, giving you a little bonus track today on a Friday, February 23rd. Matt Derry with you as we get ready for the NFL Combine next week, the draft, and a lot to discuss here on Locked On Lions on this Friday morning. Hope you're having a good week, everybody, and getting ready for the weekend. Lions brass, everybody will ascend uh, certainly upon Indianapolis for next weekend's uh, next week's combine, which starts on Tuesday. What I want to talk about today on Locked On Lions uh, are a couple of things. Number one, a new mock draft written by Dave Burkett at the Free Press, and we're seeing a name now being linked to the Lions multiple times. We'll explain who that is coming up. Also, an article from CBSSports.com, which Tim Twentyman picked up on the DetroitLions.com website about strength of schedule and what it means to the Lions. We'll get into that as well today. And i got to play a little audio from uh, Brent Barry from uh, NBA TV and, and NBA on TNT Talk about the Lockdown Network. We'll play that for you today as well. Thank you for listening right here on Megaphone.fm. If you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Alexa, tune in. Wherever you're listening, appreciate that. Let your friends know about Lockdown Lions and what we bring you each and every day right here on this very podcast, talking Detroit Lions football and trying to give you opinions, good guests. Uh, this past week, we had Jeremy Reisman on from prideofdetroit.com talking about Ziggy Ansah. We sit here on Friday, February 23rd, and the Lions still have not made a decision on Ziggy Ansah and whether or not to franchise him or not. Maybe they're negotiating with him. We won't, we won't know anything really uh, probably until we get to, to March in regards to what the Lions' plan is for their best pass rusher, uh, Ziggy Ansah. Um, Twitter. You can get to me on Twitter at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks. And of course, the Matt Derry Facebook fan page where we post all the podcasts and then you guys make your comments. Appreciate those coming in as well. I want to start with one thing uh, quickly here early on and then we'll get to uh, the Dave Burkett mock. And that is this notion that the Lions schedule strength is going to be an issue coming into the season. Uh, CBSSports.com recently previewed the strength of schedule for each NFL team for this season based off the combined record of their opponents from last year. Now, remember, if you recall, first of all, I, I don't like talking about this, and I think it's it's built-in excuse-making, and I think it's very early to sit here and go, oh, no, how difficult the Lions' schedule is going to be. If you looked last year and saw that the Lions were going to have to go uh, uh, to Baltimore toward the end of the year, you figure, oh my gosh, the Ravens are always good. That's going to be a tough game. At the start of last season, we saw we said, oh man, Arizona, uh, to open the season, that's going to be an improved team that gets healthy. Arizona turned out to be a fraud. Uh, on the road on Monday Night Football at Green Bay, forget it. The Lions will never win at Lambeau on a Monday night against Aaron Rodgers. Well, it turned out that game was a, was a slam dunk because uh, you know, Rodgers was hurt. And, you know, the Packers were trotting out guys that can't play and had a lot of injuries, not just Aaron Rodgers. So the Giants' Monday Night Football game, and what was that, week two or week three last year? Same thing. Looked to be a more difficult game than it was. It turned out the Giants were an absolute dumpster fire. So to sit here today and talk about the strength of schedule, I'll bring it up and I want to talk about it a little bit, but I'm not holding too much. I'm not putting too much weight onto it right now. But the article states the Lions are tied with New Orleans for the second toughest strength of schedule with an opponent record of 137 and 119. But here's the kicker. 
the team that has the toughest schedule in the NFL ahead of Detroit and New Orleans is actually in the Lions division, the Green Bay Packers. The Lions are playing four teams in the NFC West. They're playing, um, excuse me, four teams in the NFC West and the AFC East in next year's annual rotation of divisional matchups. So their usual games at home, Green Bay, Chicago, and Minnesota. Um, And then the Lions uh, will host the Rams, the Seahawks, Carolina, the Jets, and New England. So yeah, on paper, that looks difficult. The Rams were really good last year. Seattle is always good. Carolina came into Ford Field and beat them last year. The Jets, they're not very good. And then New England, tough home schedule. The road trips, Green Bay, Chicago, Minnesota, and then at San Francisco, at Arizona, at Dallas, at Miami, and at Buffalo. Will the Buffalo Bills be as good this year as they were last year? Who's their quarterback? The Miami Dolphins never scare me. At Dallas, you never know. So what you're looking at is it looks to be a difficult and tough schedule. But I think the one thing that we have to keep in mind is, number one, Green Bay has a tougher schedule than the Lions. They're number one. The Lions or New Orleans are tied for second. You know who has the eighth toughest schedule? Minnesota, because they're playing a lot of the same teams that the Lions are playing, AFC East and NFC West. And the Bears' schedule is tied with Minnesota for eighth toughest. So there should be no excuses here. To sit here and say, oh, the Lions have a really tough schedule right now, go win the games. I think Lions fans, I think you listening right now, are tired of excuses. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear about, well, you know, if, if the team gets off to a slow start, I don't think you want to hear anybody say, well, you know, they're still getting used to the new system and the new coach. No. They brought Matt Patricia in to win right away. This is not a rebuild. Not a rebuild by, by any stretch. So Green Bay, Detroit, New Orleans, Tampa, Cleveland, Rams, Seattle, Arizona, Chicago, and Minnesota, those are the teams that have the toughest schedules in all Four NFC North teams were mentioned in there. Go win the games. All right. The Lions have to go on the road to San Francisco and face Jimmy Garoppolo. Fine. You know, he's going to be a good a good player. It's never easy to go across the country to win a game on the road. They have to go across the country again to play Arizona. They got to go way south to play Miami. Just go win those games. I don't want to hear about, you know, schedule that that's a built-in excuse, in my opinion to be talking about um, schedule strength. And again, some teams that are good one year are not good the next. That's kind of the beauty of the the NFL. Um, On paper, it looks difficult. You're absolutely right. We'll find out the dates and the times when they release the schedule, you know, in a few months. But as of now, strength of schedule, no, no excuse. You've got Matthew Stafford. You've got Golden Tate. You've got Darius Slay. You've got Matt Patricia now. Time to go win these games. Maybe, just maybe, teams are looking up going, man, it's going to be tough to play Detroit. You know, it's going to be, if you're the Rams, you're saying, oh, never easy to go into Ford Field. So it's not an easy game for them either. But uh, I thought it was interesting that Tim pointed it out on DetroitLions.com and the folks at CBS Sports put it together. Uh, you know, it was a couple of years ago when the Lions made the playoffs under under uh, Jim Caldwell in 2016. What did everybody say? Well, the only reason the Lions made the playoffs that year was because they had a cupcake schedule. At the start of the year, that schedule looked very, very daunting. But by the season's you know midway point, you're looking up and you're saying, man, some of these teams aren't as good as we thought they would be. Now, at the end of that season, when the Lions limped in and had to play, limped into the playoffs and had to play the Giants, the Cowboys, 
and the Packers at the end of that year, those were difficult games. Very difficult games. But we'll see how, where the schedule maker puts Detroit and where the, the games are going to be you know, placed on the calendar. But I'm not ready to sit here and tell you that that will be some sort of built-in excuse that the Lions will be in some trouble because of what their schedule looks like. Yeah, it's never easy to play New England, of course. The Patriots are good every year. But, you know, will, will the Packers bounce back? Will we have to see Brett Hundley again because Rodgers gets hurt again? You never know. That changes everything. But just remember last year when everybody said there is no way they're going to go on Monday Night Football two games on the road and win either of those games. At the Giants, oh, they were a level-win team a year before. At the Packers with Rodgers, yeah, good luck. Those are two losses. Chalk them up. That's what everybody said. The Lions won both of those games and dominated both of those teams. So you do uh, never know. Hey, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, this is kind of cool. Um, we have Lockdown NBA, Lockdown NFL shows, which just do a basic generic run-through of all of the leagues. And David Locke, our man with the Utah Jazz and the uh, voice of the Utah Jazz who does Lockdown Jazz, also hosts Lockdown NBA. Take a listen to this. This is Brent Barry. The voice of players only when they do the Tuesday night TNT games. Listen to Brent Berry talk about his experience with the Lockdown Podcast Network. By the way, can I? I'm gonna interrupt you and tell yes. you this. When I've been doing the players only, David, I travel on the airplane and I listen to the Lockdown Network for any team that I'm about to cover, and it's invaluable for me as an analyst to do that research and to hear those guys talk about their team being fair and unbiased and giving a painting a nice picture. So I really do appreciate what you're doing. And I hope the fans out there are getting a good listen because uh, those guys are doing good work. All right. So how cool was that? Brent Barry, who I think does a pretty good job and has had to be thrust into the play-by-play role on that players only broadcast, which I don't particularly like. I think we need to hear some broadcasters on there, but uh, Brent Barry, I think does a pretty good job. And I thought that was pretty cool what he said about the lockdown NBA and all the teams that he listens to. And we hope that the uh, the NFL teams and some of the the, the uh, play-by-play guys and some of the national guys take a listen to us, too, here on Lockdown Lions. But, again, Lockdown Podcast Network, every NFL, every NBA team, including Lockdown Pistons with Matt Shook, which you should check out. All right, so it's time for another edition of a mock draft. We talked about Mel Kuyper Jr.'s mock draft, which had Darius Geis, the running back from LSU, taken number 20 by the Lions in his first round of his 2.0 mock draft. Uh, his 1.0 mock draft, the one from last month, Mel Kuyper Jr. had uh, Sam Hubbard, the pass rush specialist and kind of outside linebacker from Ohio State, going uh, in the first round. I've made it known that I want Vita Vea, the defensive tackle from Washington, to come to Detroit at number 20. I think he's a dominant player. I think he would be absolutely fantastic playing alongside Sean Robinson. Not sure if Haloti Nada is going to be back or not. So I'm all for Vita Vea going. So Dave Burkett today came out with his uh, first edition of the of the mock draft. Uh, Dave Burkett's uh, from the Free Press, Mock Draft 1.0. And for the second time in a week, we've heard a name that could be familiar to some members of the Lions coaching staff and a guy that might be able to fill a need for Detroit at number 20. With the 20th pick in the first round, Dave Burkett has the Lions taking defensive end outside linebacker Harold Landry from Boston College. Of course, Harold Landry, we mentioned two days ago, was the pick from Monday morning quarterbacks uh, Albert Breer for the Lions at number 20 in his mock draft. Burkett writes, quote, the Lions have two main positions of need, pass rusher and running back, and they wouldn't be wrong to address either here. 
There are good running backs available, including Darius Geis and Ronald Jones, but impact backs can be had on day two. Landry was a dominant rusher as a junior. He'd have an easy transition in Detroit, playing for his old coach, Paul Pasqualoni. So again, Paul Pasqualoni, the Lions' new defensive coordinator, and uh, very tight with Matt Patricia, he was the defensive line coach the last two years at Boston College. So he has coached Harold Landry. Now, what's interesting about the Landry selection is, yes, does that fill a need? Absolutely it does. But there are varying opinions on how good Landry is. He did not have a great year as a senior. All right, dominated as a junior, came back for his senior season. The Lions also have the Ziggy Ansa issue to address, even if they were to bring Ziggy back. They have to address pass rusher either on the other side or for depth. Because right now it's Cornelius Washington, Ziggy Ansa, Brandon Copeland coming back from injury, Kerry Hyder coming back from injury, and Anthony Zettel. There's not much else there. I mean, Jeremiah Valauga didn't show me much. All right, Alex Barrett started the season, and uh, then got cut. You know, George Johnson's a free agent. They, they tried a lot of different guys at defensive end last year. And I thought Anthony Zettel kind of outkicked his coverage a little bit last year and played over his head. But is he going to be a dominant, dominant player and continue to get better? You hope he improves. But as the season wore on last year, uh, his game declined. Now, as far as uh, Burkett's mock draft, in terms of my guy, Vita Vea, and uh, where Dave has Vea going, uh, it's a little bit bothersome because you know that's my guy and that's the guy that I want. But Dave has Vita Vea going, um, I think it was number 13. Where where was it? No, 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 no. Hold on. It was before the Lions, that's for sure. 16 to the Baltimore Ravens. So Vea wouldn't be there at 20 if you looked at Burkett's first mock. Um, and that's the guy that I would want. Now, who is Burkett passing up? Uh, well, Mo Hurst, he has him going one slot ahead of Dallas. But as far as some of the guys he has... Um, the Lions, um, you know, passing up. Isaiah Oliver, the cornerback from Colorado. Are the Lions really going to take a cornerback uh, in the first round? He has Darius Geis going to Pittsburgh at 28, which is the same place that um, Albert Breer had him going. It depends on needs. And I think, I, I know what Bob Quinn is going to say the week of the draft and what he might say at the combine in terms of if he speaks to the media, and I think he will, about best available player. Of course, the Lions should not be taking a tight end in the first round. Of course, the Lions should not be taking a wide receiver. There is a definite um, debate about the running back situation. If you think Geis is the guy, then you take him in the first round. And I wouldn't have a huge issue with it. But again, and I've been repeating myself on this. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Did you watch the playoffs? The Lions must be better up front. They've got to be able to block people. And if the Lions were electing to go to go after a guy like Josh Sitton in free agency, that would have their offensive line, at least the starters, all set up. So where the Lions would not have to draft an offensive lineman in the first round. But again, that depends on what Bob Quinn wants to do in free agency and how much he'll listen to T.J. Lang, Sitton's teammate with Green Bay, uh, about you know wanting to bring the 31-year-old now free agent who the Bears did not bring back. Uh, if, they, if, he was, if the Lions were interested in bringing him in, you know T.J. Lang wants to see that. And then you'd have a pretty strong offensive line. You move Glasgow to center, and boom, you've got Decker, Sitton, Glasgow, Lang, and Rick Wagner. And Rick Wagner has to play better. He did not have a very good season last year, but he signed here for the long haul and is the guy. But again, your thoughts on Harold Landry, defensive end from Boston College. Mel Kuyper Jr. on a teleconference on Wednesday was asked about Landry by Kyle Meinke from MLive, and I listened to it, and he said, look, I don't know if Harold Landry is in the first round. He didn't have a good enough senior season. Um, he struggled at times getting to the quarterback. So 
couple of people, Burkett and uh, Albert Breer, think Harold Landry can be that guy at 20. And again, Mel Kuyper Jr., and again, these are just opinions, doesn't think Landry's going to be a first-round pick. We've seen Mel Kuyper Jr. be wrong before. But I like the fact that the Lions would be addressing the pass rush spot, the defensive. I think they need a defensive tackle. I think they need a couple of D tackles. I think they need a couple of DNs. They're going to need another cor- cornerback. If Diggs is going to be moved to safety um, on a permanent basis, there's still a lot of needs for this team. But this is a very, very important offseason for Bob Quinn and company because what he's drafted the last two years, those guys have to take the next step. But it's it's it's... Forty-three to fifty million dollars out there for the Lions to spend. The question is, where do they go with it? Do they spend it on a Malcolm Butler, a, a cornerback, um, uh, uh, Nigel Bradham, the, the the linebacker from the Eagles? Is considered the top linebacker out there. I love that guy. That guy covers tight ends, running backs. Go after a guy like that. Pilfer him him, him away from the Eagles would be great. But then that takes away the Lions' probably option in the first round of possibly drafting a linebacker. Now, what's interesting about Landry is Mel Kuyper Jr. is not only down on Landry, but also said on that conference call the other day that he thinks the edge rushers in this draft aren't very good and that you might be able to get one in the third or fourth round that might have the same equivalent um, stats and, and, and game as the guy you would take in the first round. So keep that in mind when you're looking at this. But this is now the second mock draft that has Harold Landry from Boston College headed to Detroit. All right, that wraps things up for another edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, a little special Friday morning edition. Your thoughts always welcome on Twitter at Dairy Speaks and the Matt Dairy Facebook fan page as well. Talk to you again next week.